This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. If you listen to Monday, you can tell that my voice has not gotten much better. It really hasn't. I feel worse. Voice might sound a little better. I'm coughing like a st- I'm coughing up a storm, and I feel like garbage. And I got I got to admit to you, I I really didn't want to do the pick and podcast this week. You know, almost canceled last week with everything going on, life stuff gets in the way, but I had to do it because it's a, it was a huge card. I mean, I owed it to everyone to do it. I mean, I was so excited for the card, I had to fucking do it. This card, not so much, right? There's not a lot of meat on these bones on this card right here. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be happy with it. It's MMA. I love it. There's some interesting fights here, but, you know, it's not, um, this, I mean, it's not 235. I'm already thinking about next week with Darren Till, and then after that, I'm thinking about, I mean, there's some great fights between the whole month of March. Every Saturday, there's a fight. I got, I'm buying the Atlanta tickets on Friday. I'm trying to decide how much, how much coin, how many shekels I want to drop on those. I want good seats. I'm going to get good seats. So um, I got a lot going on. So yeah, this was a, this was a one that uh, I almost was like, you know what? I'm sick. Calling in sick, right? I've already missed one day at work this week. I, I called in yesterday. I felt like a bag of shit. I don't like missing work. It's not really my thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would have been. I mean, I went today and I was literally, you know, I'm a chatterbox. I talk to everybody. I bust balls. Have a good time. I, you know, was just shut down today. I talked to maybe like two guys, and I just, I mean, I was dragging all day. It was, it was a rough day. It was a rough day for your old boy. But you know, I, I mean, I'm here. Brain's mush. I don't get a fever, so I don't think I'm running a fever. But I feel like my brain is on fire. Um, it, you know, it is what it is. But picks, picks don't stop, baby. That's why I love the. That's why I love MMA. There's no off season, right? And March is loaded. I'm excited about it. I love doing the podcast. That's why I'm here. <clears throat> I apologize for that. I'm going to stop. I'm going to have to, literally, I'm going to have to get like a cough button or something. I'm going to play. What, what sound bites do I got queued up here? My production level right now is my brain's mush. So I might, uh, I might queue up maybe Anthony Johnson or uh, Karmar Usman's um, spe- uh, post-fight speech because if I cough, you guys don't need to hear me cough. Anyway. Before we get to the picks, I want to start. Um, if you listened to last uh, my last show, which I you know came out, I recorded Monday, came out Tuesday. I went on a big rant about this local boxing guy. I don't think he coaches. I mean, excuse me, I don't think he owns the gym. I think he runs the gym. Kinda didn't like his post on Facebook that had nothing to do with me. I completely took it on myself that it had something to do with me. Well, serendipitous of this world, I get a DM from from said coach. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I have small connections in the MMA community still in Cincinnati and put some feelers out there for, uh, for, you know, guys that are still training, like, Hey, where are you training at? Blah, 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 this stuff like that. So I kind of got my name back on the market just a little bit. Now he messaged me about a, a guy that he, you know, another bigger guy, my size that is coming up that needs some work that needs a, you know, that needs a sparring partner that can give him some rounds. Um, I have not DM back. I'm probably not. I maybe do something polite. Now, do I think this guy listens to the show and was like trying to test me? Absolutely not. This guy looks like he barely knows what an indoor bathroom is, let alone a podcast. So I seriously doubt that, but it was very serendipitous. And I literally thought when I saw um, you're getting a DM from so-and-so, I literally thought, 
oh shit, like someone obviously listens to this and threw them on there. I don't know if someone connects the dots. And even if they did, I kind of would love it. I would post it on the website and be like, yeah, this dude's throwing shots at me. When he, you know, I was, yeah, I did throw shots at him. I don't give a shit. I'll throw some shots. But um, no, I have not DM'd back. I got this late last night uh, when I was trying to sleep. Um, I guess this guy doesn't fucking obey regular, you know, fucking uh, times where you can DM somebody on Twitter. Or excuse me, on Facebook. But, you know, it is what it is. So that was the that was a little serendipitous there. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on what goes down with this guy. If I take him up on his offer, I don't know if I will. I plan on not stepping foot in this guy's shitbox of a gym, but I might just because just because I'm a spiteful son of a bitch. Uh, second thing is right before I hopped on, I sent a, I fired a tweet off. <sighs> BJ Penn uh, is fighting again. If you are first time listening to the podcast, welcome. If you have listened, you know, and if you know me personally, you know, I love BJ Penn. One of my all time favorite fighters. He's on my Mount Rushmore of fighters. Um, the guy hasn't won a fight since 2010. This is Matt Hughes, right? Matt Hughes is dealing with a brain injury right now. Barely guy can barely walk. And that was the last person you beat. Albeit he didn't beat him when he had the brain injury. But the, my point is life moves fast in nine, 10 years. Uh, and you haven't won a fight since then. And you've been getting finished and you lost to Dennis fucking Seaver and you're fighting in Brazil, uh, against Clay Guida. I hope this is his last fight. I'm not going to watch it. I vowed on this podcast. I will not watch it. I'm staying true to that. I believe that that card on May 11th is a is, is a pay-per-view. Obviously, I watch every pay-per-view. I will literally leave the room or I'll play on my phone. I'll put fucking noise canceling headphones on. I won't I won't watch the fight. I won't do it. So that was really hard for me to hear. You see, um, that's tough. That's tough to do. But anyway, enough about that. Let's get the show on the road. Let's get to UFC Lichita this Saturday. Again, um, yeah, not a great card. I mean, I, I hate to shit on it, right? There's some there's some guys I'm interested in, but there's no real, <clears throat> excuse me, there's no like super talented guys. Like there's not like a lot of up and coming guys. I mean, Grant Dawson's a guy that people have circled, you know. Um, Tony Martin, who I'm really interested in. You got him. I mean, Ben Roethlis coming back has been around forever. The co-main event's great, and the main event's great, but we'll get into it. First fight of the night is going to be Alex White. He is 12-5. and five. He is a minus 205 favorite. He is fighting Dan Moret, who is 13-4, who is a one plus 165 underdog. Dan Moret made his UFC debut against Gilbert Bruns. He lost by knockout punches in the second round. Um, not overly impressed with him. I think he's more of a ground guy. He's been knocked out before, but only by UFC. Well, yeah, I mean, only by UFC caliber opponents. I mean, his losses are Luke Sanders in the UFC, Bobby Moffat in the UFC, uh, Rohoni Barcelos in the UFC, and then obviously his loss in the UFC. So he is fighting top competition. He comes out of a good camp at an MMA lab out there in Arizona. Alex White, the guy I was high on for a little bit. I thought this guy was actually... You know, I thought he had some power. I thought he had some potential. He's coming off two straight losses. James Krause, Jim Miller. Jim Miller, rear naked choke. Um, don't know how you lose that fight, man. His, his. I mean, he's got a win over Artem Lobov, if that means anything in the world. But, yeah, he's up and down, up and down, up and down in his MMA career. Um, this is tough. You know what I mean? Like, the line is, is a little high for Alex White. I mean, oh, well, hang on. Alex White has since dropped. I wrote these downs a few days ago. So, Alex White is still a slight favorite at minus 155. And Dan Moretz a plus 125. Um, I have Alex White written down here, right? This is one of those fights that's tough to pick because really, 
you know, there's a curtain jerker fight. If I can go either way, Alex White's a big lightweight, good striker, um, has some holes in his game. Um, Dan Moret, a guy that is a little bit chinny, has good cardio, seems like he's a pretty well-rounded guy, but favors the ground game more than the stand-up. I mean, I'm going to go Alex White. I'll go the slight favorite here, only because I haven't seen enough of Dan Moret, and I think Alex White needs a win. His back's against the wall. I think this is going to be a big win for him. I think he's going to come out swinging. I know he knows Moret's been knocked out before. I see that happening. He is a good striker. He is pretty big for the division. Dan Moret seems like a pretty good size, too. I just don't have enough sample size on Moret yet. But with that being said, listen, I don't think Alex White's a world beater by any means, right? I think the guy's maybe one or two losses away from getting cut from the UFC. Moret could easily submit him, easily take him down if he loses focus. I mean, he got submitted his last fight by Jim Miller, who's a great on, who's great black belt on the ground. No shame in that. But Moret has some track record of, of having submission. So I, I, you know... I'm not going to pick the under. My official pick is Alex White. But, you know, put that in the tickler file, right? Put that in the back of your brain. Next up, you have Alex Moreno, who is 15 and 5. He is a minus 230 favorite. He's fighting Zach Otto, who is 17 and 6, who is a plus 180 underdog. Now, let me double check. Okay, so, yeah, the, I mean, th- this line kind of stayed the same. You get Alex uh, Moreno as high as 200. That line kind of stayed the same. Um, I've, I've, Alex Moreno is one of those guys that predict it wrong almost every time. When I think the guy's gonna come out win, he loses. Every time I think he's gonna lose, he wins. Can't get a finger on the guy. Can't get a pulse on the guy. Zach Otto, best performance of his career. Even though I don't know if he won that fight, he fought Dwight Grand, a really highly touted guy who just came off of just knockout himself just recently. Um, Zach Otto had chin problems, has chin problems. Um, but he fought a really smart fight against Dwight Grant. Big, strong for the division for 170. Um, he's famous for getting knocked out by Sage Norcutt. I know he hurt Sage Norcutt, but he got knocked out by him. Uh, you know, I don't know what to really make of Zach Otto, if I'm being honest with you. I think sometimes he looks really good, and sometimes I think he looks like trash. Moreno, I don't think should be probably fighting at 55. I think he may be, be- or excuse me, at 170. I think maybe he's best for 155. You know, he's he's coming off some. Uh, Moreno's tough as nails, doesn't get finished. Only decision losses for him. I see Otto pulling up another decision win here. That's right. He's gonna be a he's gonna cash at plus one eighty. Some sites have him as plus one seventy, plus one sixty. I had him written down as plus one eighty. I'm sure it's gonna move a little bit throughout the week. However, I like Zach Otto a lot as the underdog in this. I think he can just outpoint him. I think he can outmove him. I think he can outpoint him. I think Marino slows down in the fight. I think he headhunts a little bit. I don't think he's as well-rounded um, as he should be in this position right now. He's got some good wins. He's, he's fought some tough guys in the UFC. He is tough himself, tough to finish. Um, I don't see – I see him going for broke because Otto has been shaky in, in the chin department. I see Moreno going for broke maybe in the first round, gassing out, and then losing the decision. I have uh, Zach Otto by decision. I don't really predict – Really bad at predicting how the fight's going to go. But, yeah, I, see, I think Zach Otto's going by decision. Next up, you got Lewis Smolka, who's 15-5. and five. He is a plus-105 underdog. He is fighting Matt Danger Snell, who is 12-4. He is a minus-135 favorite. Matt Snell was on the, um, on the uh, reality show Caged, if you remember. I think he was starting his amateur career. I believe he's at American Top Team now. Um, really like this kid. I really like Matt Snell. Um, sometimes I think he doesn't fight super intelligently. He's been knocked out before. He's got good striking. I think sometimes he bites on his mouthpiece a little too much for me. 
I like that little dog in there, but it's like the Cody Garbrandt thing. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta train that. You gotta train the dog a little bit, um, and then and let it out. He's great on the ground. I think he's fluid striking. Um, I'm really high in Match now, no doubt about it. Match now beats Lewis Smoka, who's had a nice little comeback here. Smoka has um, had a drinking problem or whatever. I think he got cut from the UFC for a little bit and then came back, got a win. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Lewis Smoka is a tough guy. He had, he had a nice little run there in the UFC for a while. And I, like I said, he then dropped a few. Let's see. Yeah. So yeah, he's coming off four straight wins. He can't three, four straight losses in the UFC, got cut, went out, got some wins outside the UFC all by uh stoppage. And then his, uh, another submission win in the UFC on his comeback for Suj Maraji, whoever that is. I, I actually don't know who that is at the top of my head. But I think Machinell is better everywhere, even the ground. I think this is going to go to the ground. I think Machinell is going to catch him in something. Um, <clears throat> I would bet the house on that fight not going to the distance. I think that's going to get finished. Next up, we got the big boys. We got Maurice Green, who is 6-2, and two, who is a plus 175 underdog against Jeff Hughes, 10-1, and one, who is a minus 225 favorite. I've seen Jeff Hughes in person. I've seen him fight in person. He's an Ohio guy. He trains with Stipe. Good wrestler, powerful guy, good hands. Um, he's 10 and 1 for a reason. Trains with Stipe. He's like Stipe's main training partner. Tough as nails guy. Really, really, really talented dude. Seems like a nice guy. Um, I like this fight for him. I'm Maurice Green. I believe they fought before, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, maybe I lied. No, okay, yeah. They did fight before in LFA. Uh, uh, he beat Maurice Green by decision. And then uh, he was on contender series and everything. His only loss to the Dan Spawn, fifth round TKO knockout, whatever. That was a uh, that was in, in Ohio, and that was um, just a fifth round gas out by Jeff Hughes. So I think he's really really talented guy. I look, I, I think Jeff Hughes is going to win this. Jeff Hughes is a big favorite. Um, he's a minus two twenty five favorite. I believe that line's holding up pretty steady here. Two ten, two fifteen. Yeah, across the board. So um, open as a favorite. I see him closing the favorite. I think I think this is going to be a big showcase for him. Maurice Green, a little inconsistent at times. Decent on the ground. Big guy. Big, long, tall guy. Rangy guy. Decent striking. But I think Jeff Hughes is going to come in and kind of do what he wants with him. Take him down. Beat him up. Maybe knock him out on the feet. I see Jeff Hughes winning this uh, pretty easily. Next up, we got Grant Dawson, who's 12-1. and one. He's a minus 205 favorite versus Julian Arosa, who's 22-6. and six. He is a plus 165 underdog. Let me just double check to see if these lines are holding up. Yeah. I mean, a little movement. Arosa is as high as a 146 underdog. Um, this is an interesting fight for me. A lot of guys like Grant Dawson. A lot of them like his game. Not overly impressed with him. He's got a great record. He looked good on the contender series. Real grappler-based guy. Good submissions. Um, stand up a little lacking, my, in my opinion. Julian Rosa is very elusive. I think Julian Rosa really deals, um, has a hard time with really powerful strikers. I don't know. Uh, I think he's a good athletic dude who is is gonna come in there and fight him. Mean, he lost out to Devontae. He lost to Devontae Smith in the first round. But other than that, like he's he's beating the guys that he's supposed to be beating. He's not losing to guys that are gonna be, you know, all these guys that he have lost to have all been by punches and TKO. Nothing's been by really getting grinded out. Um and that's the only way Grant Dawson's gonna win this fight is if he grinds out the decision Uses grappling, uses submissions. I don't think he's that good at that. I think Julian Rosa is elusive. So if there's a little break there, sorry, I, I my throat was killing me. I had to take a drink of water. Julian Rosa is elusive. I think he, I think he's better than many people think. 
I think he has a hard time with strikers. I don't think that's going to be the problem here with Grant Dawson. Julian DeRosa is going to win this fight. Underdog. As the underdog winner, plus 165. That's a nice little that's a nice little catch right there. I'm really confident in that pick. I don't think many people are going to pick him because a lot of people are high on Dawson. But Julian Rose, I think, is going to go out there and really make it a hard fight for him. I think this is a tough matchup for Dawson. Next up, you got Yana Kutsakaya, who is 11-4. She's a minus 170 favorite versus Marion Renault, who's 9-4-1, who is a plus 140 underdog. Uh, Yana has impressed me. I think she's good, obviously, besides her little her little hiccup with Chris Cyborg. I think she's very talented. Marion Renault has been around forever. Looks to be in incredible shape. Seen some fight camp footage for Marion Renault is an active dog here. I like her at a plus 140. Very, very active dog. I bet you anything this line's moved a little bit. It actually went up. Marion Renault is now at a plus 150 on some sites. I think that's an active dog. I really do. I'm going to pick Yana. I think Yana's bigger, taller, longer. Um, I think she's going to win this fight. I think she's just a, just a little bit better everywhere than Marion Renault. But Marion Renault, again, an active dog at 140. I, I would not hate to... Uh, Hate for anybody to throw a bet down, including myself. But my official pick for the record will be um, Yana. Don't make me pronounce the last name again. Kutskaya. Uh, next up, we got Anthony Rocco Martin. I'm still going to call you Tony. Anthony Rocco Martin. I know your mom wanted to change the name. You explained it last time you fought. I don't care. I'm going with Tony. Tony Martin, who's 15 and 4. He is a minus 190 favorite versus Sergio Maras, who's 14, 3 and 1. He is a plus 130. Excuse me. He is a plus 155 underdog. Um, pretty simple. Marais' only way to win this fight is to get into the ground. Anthony Rocco Martin's a tough, tough dude. He's time and time again proved me wrong. Um, he looked great in his last fight. I think he's going to look great here. Marais is t- as tough as they come. His record is really impressive at welterweight. Um, but I just, I just, you know, I just see Rocco really turning the corner here. This is a guy that you're supposed to beat if you want to be considered like an elite guy. Anthony Rocco Martin's on like three, four fight win streak here. Sergio Mice has been up and down later in his career as an older guy. Um, I think this is, is, is a, it's a little step up in competition for Rice, but I think it's a guy that Tony Martin needs to beat and finish. So I'm picking Tony Martin to win that fight as a, as a, as a good size favorite there. Let me make sure that line held up. I'm sure it jumped up. Yeah. So Tony Martin's at 210 now. I had him at 190 on Monday. He's, he's, he's a 210 now. So, Anthony Rocco Martin, a.k.a. Tony Martin, a.k.a. fucking bags. Next up, we have Amar Akhmedov, who is 17-4-1. He is a minus-160 favorite. He is fighting Tim Boach, who is 21-12, who is a plus-130 underdog. Let me confirm that for everybody. So, Tim Boach has dropped down to plus-105. A lot of the smart betters out there are probably seeing what I'm seeing. I'm not impressed with Omar Amari at all. I think Tim Boach is a really tough matchup for him. If Tim Boach shows up from two years ago and really puts on this guy, Tim Boach is tough. He's hard to hold down. He's hard to wrestle. He's hard to break. I've seen Tim Boach win in this fight. That's your underdog pick. Underdog. Another underdog. That's your third of this third of this card here. I'm really confident in uh, Tim Boach just being a horrible matchup for Akamedov. I think I'm nailing that name. And, um, you know, Tim Boach obviously hasn't been on the, in, in the win column as of late. I believe he's, okay, so he's 1-1, lost 1-1-1. Antonius Carlos Jr. submitted him last time out. There's no shame there. Old shoe face is, is a tough out for anybody. But I like Tim Boach in this fight. And, uh, yeah, um, I it probably will go to a decision. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's going to be a finish or not because both guys are very durable. But Tim Boach to win for sure. Next up, we got Benio Benny Dariush. 
who's 15-4-1. He is a minus 175 fader versus Drew Dober, who's 20-8. He is a plus 145 underdog. Drew Dober's hot right now, right? Ever since he's going back up to lightweight, or um, excuse me, layout. Ever since he went back up to lightweight, he is... Um, not lightweight. Did he go to 45? I thought he was at 70 for some reason. What am I thinking of? Nope, 155. All right. Huh. All right, I don't know what I was thinking of. Anyway, but he's he's on a three-fight win streak. Um, finished Jack Berkman, decision Camacho, and decision John Tuck. Those last two fights, he looked great in. But Neil Darius is coming off a horrible knockout loss. Uh, or, no, excuse me, he beat Alex Hernandez, and he's coming off a win over Tiago Moist by decision. Um, both these styles match up pretty poorly. I don't think this could be an exciting fight. I think a lot of their wrestling and grappling is going to cancel each other out, and it's going to be kind of a sloppy stand-up fight. Uh, Darius does have a chin problem, so I think Dober is an active dog, but I'm going to pick Darius to win. I think Darius is going to be just a little better everywhere, right? I think he's going to be a little more slicker on the ground. I think Drew Dober has tired in the past. Uh, my voice cracked really bad right there. And um, I think Benny, uh, Benny Darius is going to take this one. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, one-sided affair. I think Drew Dober's tough and everything, but I think Benny's just going to kind of take over. Next up, we got the heavyweights. got the return of Ben Rothwell, who's 36-10, and 10, plus 105 underdog, versus Blogoff Ivanov, who's 16-2. and two. He's a minus 135 favorite. Ivanov has made his UFC debut against Junior Santos in the Snooze Fest in Idaho, I believe, Boise, in July maybe. Um, Dos Santos just pieced him up and picked him apart. You know, did whatever he wanted with him. Uh, Ivanov is a tough dude, good wrestler, good striking, and everything. Ben Rothwell, three years off. But how do you not pick Ben Rothwell as an underdog? I mean, I want to see the post fight celebration. I want to see the laugh. I want to see the creepy shit that he does three years off. You know, he's ready. You know, he's in shape. He's tough. He's a tough guy to handle. He's good, great knockout power. He's impossible to knock out. Ben Rothwell, for sure. Let me make sure he's still the under because. If he is, I might want to put it out. Okay, so he's at plus 109, plus 100. Still holding strong as the underdog, probably because Ivanov has an impressive record and Rothwell hasn't fought in three years. Next up, you got Nico Price, who's 12-2. and two. He is a plus 160 underdog versus Tim Means, 28-10-1, who is a two, minus 200 favorite. Um, Nico Price is a guy I can't get right either. I just can't get him right. Um Tim Means is a guy that I've never fully really betted against or for, but um, I think this is time to start. Tim Means wins this fight. I think he's going to knock out Nico Price. I think Nico Price is very talented. He's up and down in the UFC, but I do think he has a little bit of a chin issue. I think Tim Means is mean. Guy's a mean son of a bitch. He's going to come out, clinch, knees, elbows, anything. Tim Means is a tough, tough dude in that welterweight division. I love that he jumped up to 155, or excuse me, 170, instead of going back down to 155. So Tim Means is going to get it done. All right, so bear with me just a little bit longer with this fucking voice, and we're going to go to the final two fights. Eliza Zalecki Dos Santos, who is 20-5. and five. He's a minus 115 favorite. Curtis Millender, 17-3. He's a minus 115. I believe this is just straight pick him. It's always going to be... Yep, no one's really dropped down. They're both kind of dead even in this fight. Um, I've been impressed with Millinder, but and there's some flashes in there. Trains with Raymond Daniels, who's an incredible kickboxer. But there's some times where I think he there could be so much more, right? Eliza Zazeki Dos Santos. This is a guy that came out of nowhere for me, if I'm being honest with you. Um, the guy is incredibly powerful. 
He's technical. He's got the capoeira background. He's going to throw some crazy shit. Yeah. Millinder's got the size in this. Millinder's got power. Millinder has a little bit better technique, I think. But I think that's going to be probably his downfall. I think he's going to be a little too tight. I think he's going to be a little too gun shy. I think Dos Santos is going to catch him. I think he's going to catch him big. This could be a big win for him. Olikis, Lizu Zaziki Dos Santos is going to win this fight. Um, I love it. Hopefully he drops to an underdog. That'd be an underdog pick for me. Very confident in that fight. And then we got the main event. We got the big boys. We got Derek, the Black Beast Lewis, who's 21 and 6. He's a plus 190 underdog versus Junior Dos Santos, who's 20 and 5, who's a minus 240 favorite. Junior Dos Santos being a minus 240 favorite is a little crazy to me, right? He was an underdog against Ty Tuavasa, I believe, as a slight underdog, and he knocked Ty out. Looked great, but he got clipped in that fight. Junior Dos Santos is very hittable. But I think he is just going to be too much for Derek Lewis. I, I like Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis plays possum a lot, he says. You know, he, he he there's a thing on UFC.com or something where he's watching his fights, and he's like, yeah, I didn't get really hurt. I was playing possum. And maybe he was, and maybe he was really hurt because the Alexander Volkov fight before he landed that crazy haymaker, he's getting picked apart. Um, Derek Lewis really leaves a bad taste in my mouth from that Francis Ngannou fight. I really feel like he hasn't redeemed himself. I really don't. I, I know. I just, I know that's a weird thing to say, but I don't, I know he won that fight, but I just don't think he redeemed himself. I know he came in and knocked off Volkov in the last second of the fucking final round, but he was losing the entire fight. He was fighting very gun shine that threw that right hand. Um, and obviously the Cormier fight he lost, which is no shame to him. I mean, Cormier is, you know, one of the best in the world, but Derek Lewis being gun shine, not really wanting to throw against bigger strikers, is what's going to be his downfall here. Junior Santos is going to come out. A lot of people think he's going to take him down, and he might take him down. It'd be smart, but Junior Santos is a guy that's... I don't think he's going to do that. Him at minus 240 scares me. So Derek Lewis obviously has that puncher's chance. He's obviously got a good betting. Uh, you know, I have a dollar sign written down here. There's a good chance come Saturday night I'm going to throw... If I'm doing well, I'm going to throw something on Derek Lewis. But I truly believe that it's going to be... Junior Dos Santos picking him apart, maybe even getting a finish in this fight. I think Derek Lewis has been close to being finished before. His body gets tagged up a little bit. Junior Dos Santos throws great body punches. I think Junior's faster. I just, Junior can't get hit, right? And uh, Derek Lewis has got a right hand and you know he's got a couple little flashy kicks, but I don't know. I think Derek Lewis's mental is a little off at times. And I think, uh, I don't know if he's really recovered from the DC fight yet where he got completely manhandled. But Junior Santos is my pick. Um, sorry, Derek Lewis. I would love to have you on the podcast because I think you're a funny guy. But that's it. That's Wichita, baby. That's March 9th, Wichita, Kansas. Um, lock of the night. Underdog lock of the nights. There's a few. My underdog lock of the night is going to be Ben Rothwell. Um, I will give you two, but I'm really confident Ben Rothwell is going to be my underdog lock of the night. Bet the house, bet the bags on Ben Rothwell. My, my lock of the night, my ultra lock of the night is going to be Tim Means. I really do. Th- I know a lot of people are picking Price on that underdog role. He's a young kid. He's excited for this matchup. I've, I've seen the social media posting. He seems fired up. But Tim Means is just too too big, too strong, too powerful, too mean. Got the best name for him. Tim fucking Means. I love it. So enjoy the fights on Saturday nights, ESPN+. Plus. And then uh, we'll start there until fight week next week. Hopefully my voice will clear up so you don't have to listen to an old man wheeze into a microphone. All right. See ya.